So it's baby week, a real life breathing baby, you guys. Like none of us in this house can even imagine it as true. Uh, to be honest, our house has kind of been a bundle of nerves and tension and excitement and each of our emotions roll and crash into one another. Sometimes it's sweet and sometimes it's disastrous, <laughs> but it, it has just kind of been a wild ride around here. It's required a certain tenderness and availability for us to hear one another. It's taken, I guess, just extra time, extra care instead of like I guess it just hasn't come easily that we notice how each other's feelings because we're each consumed with our own worries. And I think we're like all trying to put on our best face, you know, but honestly, it's just hard. It's been really hard. And in order to see the other person, we have to look for how the other person is feeling. And there's four of us. So it's different than when you're welcoming that first child and everything's about that baby and you're, you know, you're excited and there's just two of you to think about it. And now there's four of us, each with our own set of worries and overwhelm and, and then just life is still happening, you know? And so anyway, Joshua and I hit a bit of a wall this week, I guess. I, I, I felt like I'd been working really hard to not complain and to, be happy and try to keep things as normal as possible. And I'd also been intentionally trying to be very patient with him as he had two really stressful months at work. But just frankly, as I'm nearing the end of this pregnancy, I was feeling more and more need for his comfort and more safety. And I wanted to be able to lean on him and trust him and and be able to just you know, give more to him and anticipate the the birth and all the nerves that come with that. But, you know, real life is that he's maxed out and distant and distracted and working and trying to deal with his own overwhelm. His own overwhelm floods him about the baby and about being a good dad and and work and being out of work and I mean, just all the things, right? Like through all of that, he is still very kind and sweet and available. But truth is we just hit this wall and until we both got real about how we really felt, it was just kind of starting to feel like very thin ice, you know, at, at no fault of either person. But what we needed was time, stillness together and honesty, because we can put on this face like, yeah, we're so excited. Yeah. When actually we're just holding our breath, like terrified. <laughs> but so what we needed was honesty, listening and talking. And so we played this game. Um, and, you know, if you have a teenager in your house, you know, like they never go to bed. And so your alone time with your spouse is limited and, um, so we kind of like started the conversation with Gray and just talked through like our first two birth experiences with the boys and kind of got real about that, but also enjoyed it's you know, this far removed, it's easy to talk about. Um, but then we played this game 
once we kicked gray out and um, it, it was just this simple thing, like, I'm going to tell you what I think your perspective is and you can clarify. And then you tell me what you assume I'm thinking and I will clarify, you know, <laughs> not a real fun game, but it brought a lot of perspective. I really seriously was off and had no idea what stressful, you know, insecurities were trapping him. And, you know, it just was helpful to talk it out and say it and and get unified in that. And so, and that's just the thing. Like, we can shuffle along all as well. I've been doing it for weeks. A bazillion people comment on my stomach every day, all day. And I'm literally barely shuffling my feet, just Braxton Hicks rolling in on top of each other. And um, But I smile and appreciate their... Sometimes doting comments, sometimes obnoxious comments. Sometimes I just give a little grin and sometimes I'm more generous. <laughs> but we can pretend all is well. We can do our very, very best. But inside we feel like we're going to bust, right? And that's not isolated to a pregnancy thing. That is a life thing and that is a we need to address this issue thing. And so today we're going to talk about getting real, getting honest, maybe not in a way that feels natural or normal, but together, me and you, we can choose a new way, a real way to living, and it's God's way. So jump in. Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy Show. My name is Riley, and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story, and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. All right. So this afternoon we were sitting, Josh and I were sitting on the picnic table, and we just glanced over on the sidewalk and, and watched these three lizards for a long time, like a long time. Who knew lizards were so fascinating, but it was so incredible. Like they were in this dance, like for real, they were dancing around and prancing and bouncing and doing this thing with their mouth. And, and, and we were like, like, so two came up together and then there was this one and it was green and then it turned black and we were like, what's about to happen? And so they start doing this dance and they're like lifting up their, their I don't know, what are they, claws, feet? And then, then those two all of a sudden start circling each other and then bam, they attacked each other. <laughs> we were like, whoa, it was crazy. Like they turned bright green and they had to, and they were like projecting their dewlaps, you know, like their neck thing, their pink neck. It was intense, you guys, like a battle. And we just sat there mesmerized. The third lizard was a little less engaged. And so we're like, are they going to come over? Are they fighting for, like, I don't, we didn't know what was going to happen, but we just kept waiting to see who was going to win, waiting to see if there's going to be a wedding. Like, it, seriously, it was crazy. <laughs> Seriously, there's like no point to this story except that I was there to see it. I was there because Josh, um, he said today was a bed rest day and that I needed to calm it down. Um, I haven't, haven't been feeling so great the past couple days, but 
just being still and enjoying life and being in awe of lizards is it's pretty cool. Um, I think we laughed and exclaimed in those five minutes, like as much as we do in a Marvel movie. It's pretty cool. So, all right, question. What do you think of when I say stillness is my strength? Stillness is my strength? Stillness is my strength. (laughs) How many ways can we say it? I don't know, but I will be honest, stillness does not feel like a strength. Um, Knocking out my to-do list feels like a strength. Multitasking feels like a strength. Accomplishing something, setting a goal and meeting it, those feel like strengths. Stillness feels, um, how, gosh, I I, I don't know. How does stillness feel? Maybe selfish? Maybe like a waste of time, maybe inefficient. Uh, if I'm honest, stillness feels like maybe I don't know what I'm doing or I don't know where I'm going or like I need a lot of help. It's a lot of things, but strength, I'm not so sure about. But, you know, I'm so grateful for the way you've gone on this pregnancy journey with me and Honestly, like I said a second ago, my blood pressure has been real high. My feet got swollen yesterday. I really wanted to have her yesterday. It was my mom's birthday, and it was Josh's grandmother's birthday. And instead, I kind of just felt sick, (laughs) and she didn't come. And I'm like, man, did my, like, expectations manifest that? Or what what happened there? I'm not sure. But I do want to say I've, I appreciate the way you've listened in. You've let me just kind of blah all over the place about my learnings and stretchings through this. And, and it's been a different experience. And I hope to share more with you. I, I just honestly have not had the energy to really formulate all my thoughts about it in a way that's organized. And But I, I want to tell you every detail, and it's just really stunning um, but I hope through, through all of it, you've been able to glean some insights about life. And now it's time for baby girl to come just in time for Easter. It's so exciting. Maybe after Easter, we'll see. I, I really am trusting that God's timing is perfect and that babies can't stay in tummies forever, right? <laughs> they have to come out. And so it's funny. we we felt like not ready, not ready, not ready. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, get this baby out. Even Josh is like, I'm ready for you to not be pregnant. And I think he just was feeling compassion for me and wanted me to feel normal. Um, he wasn't being ugly, but anyway, wait, I, we do know that God gave her to us. He knows exactly when she should be and will be born, right? He holds her. He created her. She's intricately designed by him. And I can trust him with her. So thank goodness for that. Because without that hope, I'd be a mess. So let's talk about Easter. Like just parenting kids and life, stress happens, right? Like we're so exhausted. I get to church and those distractions actually don't stop. And in fact, right now they're exasperated because somebody quit the kids' church pastor job. Who would that? Who would that be? And let that space linger and let that need linger. And yeah, that was me. Honestly, I feel good about it. I feel good about my obedience, but still it creates 
some stress. <laughs> and so I get to church and I guess just with all of life that's happening right now, I don't have the capacity to enter into God's presence and feel something. Like I don't have the energy to engage and give. I just feel so full, like not full, like satisfied, but full, like, like I don't have room for anything else. All my attention is going into doing the things that need to be done and getting ready to deliver a baby and learning all the things that I need to learn to prepare, prepare for that. And, and, and so that includes worship. Like I don't have room to give in worship the way that I love to give and the way I know that it can be. Our worship leader at church is so magical, like just absolutely anointed. He can set a room in peace like nothing I've ever experienced anywhere else. And it's just cool to be able to go and sit in that and know that I don't have to bring anything. I can just be present and soak in truth. I don't have to think or promise or pray or come to any major revelations and God is still pleased and it's all still good. And, and, and there's no work there. It's just a let it be easy and come as you are. And I just love that. And I'm thankful to be in a place in my life where that feels like enough, you know? And serious spiritual detoxing to to come to that place, right? Can I get an amen? I think some of you are on that same in that same boat. But anyway, this is our Easter episode, and I wanted it to be special. I wanted to just meet with you with my voice and my heart for a little bit. I know like the past few weeks we've had some insanely incredible interviews and we have lots more planned over the next couple months. I'm just giddy, but today it's me and I kind of wanted to dig into what God's been talking to me about and um, I've been participating in Ann Voskamp's Lent devotional and she just makes me smile. Like she's so soothing and silky, like she's like, welcome waymakers. Like, I mean, so sultry. I don't know if she practices that voice or if that's how she talks all the time, but I always laugh, but also like sink into a hypnosis, like sink just so deep into her truths. And even when I have nothing, I let her words of truth just wash over me. And so I wanted to share a few of those concepts here today and encourage you that you also are on the way. You're a way maker. You're moving and stretching and growing. And sometimes all you see is your fight. You see your, you know, your reality. You feel your worries. You hear your fears. But trust that it's all leading you home to comfort, to safety, to peace, to life. Like, keep going. Keep going, friend. So... Last week, um, my mom was our guest, and she talked about stillness and practicing stillness. And, like, what does this have to do with Easter, right? Well, everything, really, because naturally we're bombarded by our feelings and our worries, our doubts, our fears. And so what did Jesus do? He rescued us from that. He broke through darkness, bringing heaven to earth. Why? Well, to be with you. 
He did that to be with you, to be close, to be available, to be present. That is the gift. That's the everyday miracle. So Easter is Jesus defeating darkness, tearing that veil that separated earth from heaven. It required, you know, a priest to speak to God on your behalf, but now we are the priest and we have access to God and peace is ours to claim and rest can reign in our hearts. And that's the Easter truth. It's what brings freedom and life. And the cool thing that is a little bit um, obscure, but also so filled with promise is that Jesus brought heaven to you. Like heaven is in you. He said he prepare a place for you and Holy Spirit resides in you. It's the here and the now. And it's so powerful when you realize that no part of God is withheld from you. He doesn't give himself in small pieces. He's not, you don't have to earn like parts of him or you don't have access to him the more that you do, but no, like the promises and the abundance and the peace and the freedom is yours today. So if that's true, right? If that's true, then why do we feel so much pain? How do we escape the pain that we feel in order to embrace those truths? Okay. That's the question. Well, this is why stillness is about Easter (laughs) because the answers lie in stillness. It's kind of a funny thing to think about. Like stillness is what is stillness? Like how do we practice stillness? How do we think about it? How do we show up for it? And that kind of thing. And um, I guess I'm still even trying to put this together because we're seeking and we're discovering, but in stillness. And, and it's just interesting. Like, how does all that work? And I think it's just something you have to try and figure out. But life is just full of waves crashing all around us, right? We have waves of fear, like distractions, just waves crashing, distracting us and scaring us and, and tearing us down. But if we can see what is between us and Jesus, then we can keep our eyes on what's good and true and learn to see above those waves, right? See the way and step toward that light. I think we're all accustomed to work and most of us are willing to put in some work, but stillness requires a different kind of work. Like what kind of work do we know how to do? We know how to work for performance. We know how to work for perfection. We are master shifters for people pleasing, but what we don't know how to do is be quiet and put in the work of being honest because that requires a different level of vulnerability and transparency and um, a giving up of control. And that is a work in and of itself. And that's why stillness is a strength, because it requires way more strength to work for purity and honesty and that kind of thing than it does for performance, right? One is... Um, very selfish driven and one is very life-giving driven 
And so what is honesty? Like it's pouring out what we really think and leaving space to get that response, right? So like this morning, I sat there and practiced again and thought, when is the last time I shared my honest, full and true, thorough thoughts with God, like poured them out and then waited, right? Well, let's just say it's been a minute, okay? But that honesty, in that place of honesty, which is truth, right? That's what sets you free. Truth sets you free. And to me, that's a promise of God. It's in scripture. And that means being truthful. Yes, also receiving truth, like capital T with God's truth, but also pouring out your what's true to you, what feels true, so that that the power in that confession can allow the space between you and God to close and you guys to unite and have that intimacy and and be able to move forward with clarity, just like mine and Josh's conversation, right? So you have to ask, like, what's between you and God? Where are you? Where is your heart? Where are your thoughts, right? And Voskamp says, like, what we're attending to is the direction we will go. So where you're giving your attention is what's going to grow in your life. And you only have one short life. And so what are you tending to worries? Are you tending to fear? Are you tending to things that aren't lasting? What are you attending to? And what's what are the waves? Like, take some time to be honest about what is in that gap? What's dividing you from God? If God, if Jesus were to walk into your inner temple, you know, this is Holy Week, and he walks in and he turns over the tables, if he if he walked into yours, what would he, what's dividing you? What's robbing you of stillness and intimacy with him? And what can you remove from your life so that you can feel close to him? And, um, we watched Turning Red last night, and we had started it a few weeks ago, and I, um, I don't know, it talked about puberty, and I got all weird, because I'm weird like that, and I got a lot of backlash, mainly for my sister about that, <laughs> but we tried it again last night, and it was pretty cool, but one of the things they talk about is making space for your weakness, and letting your life have weakness because just like stillness is a strength, your weakness also allows room for strength. It allows God to be your strength. It allows your humanity, allows other people to grow and be fed. And, and there's power in recognizing your weaknesses and being honest about them. Um, and one of the things Anne Voskamp talks about is that life is full of Gethsemanes, right? That's that garden where, where Jesus poured out and prayed and um, sweat blood and, and just there are hard spots in our life that require weeping and praying and questioning. But this is what's true. This is what's true. We can go into every trial and every circumstance grounded in truth. So what is that truth? The truth is that God is for us and that we are not drowning alone, right? We're on the way. 
in every Gethsemane, in every hard thing, in every worry and fear, we can draw close to the one who provides us safety and comfort. We can pour out honestly with him. We can be real, and he is going to be right there with us, available, close, and personal, because that is the Easter miracle. And so you know you're on the way when you let him lead you to still waters, right? Like, you know you're on the way when you let him lead you to still waters. And why is that? Because God is the one doing the work. In your stillness, God moves. And in your stillness, you're safe with him. In your stillness, you hear him speak. In your stillness, he will fight for you. Let life happen. Like, accept it. Don't control it. Let it be easy. Let him restore your soul. Let him rewrite all of those hard things with new beautiful things, right? So I guess the question today is like, what are you battling on your own? What are you trying to fix? What are you trying to control? What darkness needs resurrection power in your life? And do you believe it's possible? Do you believe that God will fight that battle for you? Like, take it to worst case scenario. If you gave up control, what's the worst thing that could happen? You might actually enjoy a moment. You might rest for a moment. Like, that sounds amazing, right? Listen, the challenge today is to accept the things of your life. Accept that you can't control it all. You can't change another person. You can't make your life neat and manageable. But you can accept the Gethsemane. You can learn to see a new way. God is inviting you to a new way of living, a new way of seeing and moving. And it won't make sense on the surface, and it's not going to align with the world. But it will flood your heart with peace and assurance that you're on the way towards freedom and life. Those are your promises for today. Closeness and abundance, joy, peace, new life. And it has nothing to do with your circumstances, all the ups and downs and chaos is. It has everything to do with knowing who you are, where you are, where you've been, and where you're going. Okay? So happy resurrection. Your life is not wasted. It's no longer dead. It's not too far gone. You didn't ruin everything. He's making all things new, and he is for you right now. Listen, if he can create new life in this heart, in my heart, and grow our family in miracle after miracle, then he can absolutely take whatever's happening in your life and transform it to create a life you love and a life you can be in awe of. You are on the way, and I'm cheering for you.